This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, this is a famous Rambam. The Rambam, the is the Rambam doesn't have a single source for this, except for the riff. It's the riff of Rabbi Yitzhak Al-Fasi. Rabbi Yitzhak Al-Fasi was a great rabbi in Fez. That's why it's called Al-Fasi from Fez in Morocco. And he was the first one to codify the Talmud as a halakhi source. But he didn't do it in a very orderly kind of way. What he did was, he quotes the Talmud, the halakhic parts of the Talmud, according to where the Talmud is. And he's in Brachot, and the Talmud discusses the halakha and Brachot. So he makes his own version of Brachot, just halakha. He skips out all the arguments, he skips out all the stories. He just gives you the halakha, but according to where the Gemara puts it. The Gemara puts halakhot all over the place, different kinds of halakhot. So you may talk about Shabbat, you may talk about Kashrut, you may talk about Brachot, you may talk about... 50 different things in the same tractate. So Riff didn't actually give it any context. He didn't put it in an index. He had no index. It's not in any form. It's in the same format as the Gemara. Number one, it's in Aramaic. Just quotes the Gemara. He just skips out all the arguments, all the fluff. That's just the bottom line. This is the Halakha. Halakha like this, but it's in Aramaic. It's, it's the same language as the Gemara. He didn't change the language. That's the Riff. So the Rambam came after the Riff. But the Rambam did was a brilliant. Yeah, Rambam was brilliant. Why? His mind was like a computer. He knew how to codify everything in structured form. So all the laws of Shabbat in Shabbat. All the laws of Kashrut in Kashrut. All the laws where they should be. That's where they should be. Whereas the Rif, it's like the Gemara. The Gemara is higgledy-piggledy. It's all over. The Mishnah was in order. Right? But the Gemara goes into tangents. When rabbis sit around, or students sit around, start asking questions. What about this? What about this? What about this? All of a sudden you find yourself 20 miles away from the topic. Right, that's the language of the Gemara. And so if you codify the Gemara, it's all over the place. There's no index. It's very hard to write an index on the Gemara. Someone did just now, just recently. This is one of the uh, index. He wrote an English index of the Gemara. But where you're looking at an index, you don't know, there's 50,000 things in that Gemara. Index. So say I want to look up, uh, give me an example. Borer. Uh, separation on Shabbat. So you'll find it gives you all the pages it's on in the whole Talmud. Amazing. And it could be in different Masechites? Could be. Some things are. Depends on what it is. Depends on the topic. Some topics are mentioned all over. So instead of finding one volume, you're all over the place. You've got to pull ten volumes, five volumes. They're on 60 different pages. One, one topic. So that's why today you have what's called Encyclopedia Talmudit. It's like Encyclopedia. I don't have pages now. There's, there's like 30, 40, 50. I don't have volumes now. Every, every year they add new volumes. Because it's a massive topic. And they go into depth, into all the different discussions. It's an encyclopedia on each discussion on the Talmud. So it's that much you can write. It's not just the Talmud, it's also the Rishonim, Achronim, everything, all the late authorities, the early authorities. So they bring down everything. It's like an, it's an encyclopedia. Encyclopedia is called Encyclopedia Talmudit. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Whatever. They're still working on it. You have a kolel of rabbis sitting down and writing parts of it. Amazing. But it's only for academic purposes, right? It's no, it's for top people who want to study the thing in depth. You want to study in depth. You don't just read the pages of Gemara. You want to study in depth. How do you right. how do you research a topic? So just like today, you have research, medicine, you have research, you have encyclopedias, right? Medicine. We have encyclopedias on... The Talmud itself is an encyclopedia. Right. It's an encyclopedia wrote on the Mishnah. But it's just not, not organized. It's not organized. So here they're trying to organize and, and discuss and go into detail what this means. So like Borel, how do you define Borel? The definitions, who says what, all everything is listed over there. It's beautiful, it's really it's a very good work, it's a masterpiece. It takes a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of research.
like today, the lawyers get paid for research. Huh? They have a case. Oh, my accountant, she wants money for research. What research are you doing? Well, parsonage, I don't know anything about rabbis, and parsonage, I got the research. Okay, good research. Now charge me $250 an hour for your research. Okay? Extra research. So it's better to get an accountant who knows these things, not get someone who doesn't know and then do charge you for research. <laughs> right. But that's a trick. It's a trick. Can imagine a doctor charge you for research? Can I? No. No such thing, right? You know, you know everything, everything. You don't need research. You need to. I'm just saying, it's, it's a joke. Imagine if Why does a lawyer have to charge you for research? Why does a accountant have to charge you for research? It doesn't make sense. So they don't know. If they don't know. So get a lawyer that knows. You know, ask someone who knows. Well, that's his research also. He's also asking research. That's research. Asking someone is also research. Amazing. Who's writing this again? There's a kolel, whole kolel. I can't remember which kolel it is, but there's like 20 rabbis involved. Brilliant. All the geniuses. So it's called the Encyclopedia Talmudic. Just like Encyclopedia Talmudic. I don't know how many volumes. See how many volumes they have now. It's amazing. Yeah, of course. And it's written in modern Hebrew. Hebrew. But it quotes and it explains. It's amazing. So the Rambam gets this section. This is not in one place in the Gemara. It's from 50 different places. I don't know how many places he got it. He, got, he quotes it from the Rif. The Rif was written in Aramaic. So he said the first person to write these, this list now, there's 24 things a person does for which it's very hard to do Teshuvah. It's very hard to do Teshuvah for these 24 things. The Rambam says, I didn't make this up, this from the Rif. But I've seen the sources all over the Gemara. In other the Rif has a source for everything. He doesn't quote the sources. He just tells you these are 24 things. But where's his source? And the answer is from the Rif. Who's the Rif? Rav Yitzhak Al-Fasi. Now normally the Rif just quotes the Gemara. Over here he actually made a list of 24 things. That's, this is very interesting. 42 volumes. 42 volumes, so far. Started in 1942. <laughs> 42 volumes. Every, every year there's like one or two volumes. It's the slowest process. Now, who can who can have you know? Can you imagine going through forty-two volumes, and that's just t- the tip of the iceberg. That's till now. Why? Because the tip of the iceberg in terms of Talmud. Because, yeah, Talmud, and then all the all the Achronim are still writing. Achronim are still writing the Shuvot. Whoever writes a Tishuva, you got to go analyze it and see where it fits in the Encyclopedia. Rabbi Yosef says this. This Rabbi Yosef says this. Rabbi Oybach says this. In the Encyclopedia, it's, it's all the opinions. So the opinions are still being written. There's more Torah written every day. Every day some rabbi writes a book. Micropedia. Yeah, Micropedia. So 46 volumes? 42. 42 volumes so far. It's not ended. It's not finished yet. Where do they get up to? Which letter do they have to? They go by letters of the alphabet. When like a regular encyclopedia. When you're saying rabbis these like modern achronim are writing more and more Torah yeah. is it mostly halakhic compo- I'm saying is it mostly composing various works into one condensed work no or is Not commentary that's what the encyclopedia does no, it it. Professor Abraham Steinberg. Who, what's the latest volume what's the latest volume anyway it's interesting to know that there's encyclopedia the Judaism you need an encyclopedia to understand and know the topics and then and find out what's going on with the topic. What, how, what does this mean? How do, how do you apply this? What are the opinions? It's, it's uh, like uh, it's a, like science. It's like a science. Learn the Torah. Person's going to learn like, like a science. What does that mean? Learn it like a science. To know the material, you got to gather all the sources, go through all the material, go through the historical layers, 
That's what we do. We go through the layers. Go through the developments. The development, layer, the layers. I call it layers. So you have the Torah from Moshe Rabbeinu, which is the written law, and then you have the oral law built on the written law, which is a layer on top. Aleph till Lamed Aleph. Lamed Aleph. That's it. So we're in Lamed now. Can you imagine. Mem nun samach ayin fei tzadi kof resh shin taf. Ten more, ten more letters to go. So you got, you got how many letters so far? You got thirteen letters. See how many? Show, show on the picture. That's the call of learning to write this production of uh, encyclopedia. Amazing, amazing. Can you imagine the way it's 1942. 79 years they're working on encyclopedia. If they finish in 100 years, I'll be lucky. Wild. Hopefully they're going to computerize it. Yeah, of course. Hopefully you'll be able to download the whole, get it online, whatever. I think you have to pay a subscription fee. Whatever, it's worth it. Okay, so 24 things hold back the shuvah. Rabban says, I got this from the Rif. I don't know the sources he has, but the Rif has sources. I found different things around, around the Gemara. So imagine, the Rif was did a first compilation of these 24 things that's, that stop a person from doing Teshuvah or are hard to do Teshuvah. So he says, look what he says. 24 things that stop Teshuvah. What do you mean they stop Teshuvah? So the commentaries say over here that normally Hashem helps a person do Teshuvah. So the Rabbit says over here, that a person commits more than one of these 24 deeds, his deeds will have a cumulative effect and the obstacles will be greater. In his commentary to the Mishnah, Ramam says, Hashem will not help the person to repent. So normally a person is helped by Hashem. The guy has second thoughts, so he has thought something triggers his thoughts, that's Hashem helping him do teshuva. But sometimes Hashem doesn't help him. So these are the 24 things Hashem does not help a person do teshuva. What are the 24? Number one. So Ramam divides them into groups. He said, the first uh, group is because they're very, very heavy sins. What are the heaviest sins? Number one, a person causes many people to sin. So you're talking about a leader, like Yeravon ben Nevat. He set up an idol for the Jews to worship an idol. No, don't go to Yushalayim, don't go to the temple. You have to stay here and worship the idol, golden calf. Imagine. So now all the Jews are worshiping golden calves because of one guy. He goes, how's he going to do Teshuvah? I can do Teshuvah for myself. I can't do Teshuvah for all these thousands of people that sin because of me. So that is a very, very serious um, a sample of uh, Avera where it's hard to do Teshuvah. I can do Teshuvah for myself, I can't do Teshuvah for someone else. So if I teach the wrong things, and people are doing things because I'm taught wrong things I'm teaching them, I'm held responsible for all they do. Unless they all do Teshuvah, I can't do Teshuvah. I try, I can try, but I can't do it because I can't fix what I did already. It's out. The issue is that a lot of so-called rabbis who give types of lectures like that don't know they're doing anything wrong. Maybe they don't know. They, they, don't, maybe that, okay. they think that the, this so is So it's right. hard to do teshuva. Hard to do teshuva. Number two, a person who leads his fellow astray. Say, guy's a, a missionary. A Jew became a missionary, Jews for J. And he, he made all these Jews worship the wrong God. Can you imagine? How is he going to do teshuva? They still believe in J. He became a but how's he going to change them? So he has to go on each one to changed, change them back. Part of job. Reinvent the wheel. Reinvent. So a person who's a missionary for idol worship or other religions, obviously, he's got to go and change everything. He can't do tshuva. Is his tshuva accepted? How can he do tshuva? Unless he brings them all back. And if he is here, not so he not, he's going to be punished. That's very hard, very hard. Of course. Like Yeravon B'Nabai, says, he ain't one of the rabbi, one of the kings who never had a portion of the world to come. Yeravon ben Nevat, classic. He never did teshuva. Nashe, machloket. Umar brings down machloket. Was he? He did teshuva in the end. 
But how can you, you tell the people this? Exactly. So it's so hard. So that's why machloket. So Hashem has mercy on a person. Even then, Hashem made, that's what it says by Manasseh. Hashem made a created tunnel, a spiritual tunnel for his teshuva. The angels were all blocking his teshuva. Which angels? The angels that were created by the sins of these people. Right. How can how can you let them do teshuva? All these sins are crying in front of God. Hashem says, oh, I'll find a way. That's amazing. Amazing. Number three. A person who sees their child. This is very hard. This applies to us. You see a child, hopefully have children, going on the wrong way. And you don't tell them anything. That's, if you tell them something, you try your best, you give them a lecture, and they don't listen to you, and they're out of your house already, it's too late for you to do anything, obviously, what can you do? Like, uh, like uh, Yitzhak, what are you going to tell Esau? He says, Yaakov, you know, didn't tell his sons anything till the day of his death. He said, if I, if I rebuke them now, they're going to leave me and go to Esau. It's better they stay with me. It's amazing. Psychology, child psychology. Yaakov Avinu was the greatest educator we have because all his children came out, Tzadikim at least. He had some failures. Ruven and, and Shimon, Levi, he had some failures, but on the whole, they stayed within the path, which is a big success. So a person sees a child doing rush, he's a Rasha, and he didn't tell him anything. They didn't rebuke him. David Amela, for example, he never rebuked Avshalom. He never rebuked Adoniyahu. He never rebuked, uh, who else? Amnon. He never he never. No, he had a relationship. Right? On, on the surface. But he was uh, Abshalom was a murderer. He killed his brother. So he threw him out. And then he brought him back. It's very strange. Very strange. But, how, but these days, the, the parent child relationship is a lot more complicated when it comes to. So you start from youth. We're talking youth. We're talking about kids. Little babies. You start with your kids. If you don't tell your kids anything, little babies. Say he's playing with fire on Shabbat. He's doing something else. Okay, he's a little baby. Okay, now he's grown up another year. Hey, he's a kid. Another year, he's a little kid. Hey, leave him alone. Leave him alone. Don't tell him anything. Okay, that's your fault now. Why did you tell him anything? Yeah, it's your job to educate. So it's Shabbat, Muqsa, they know these things. Kids know these things. But they also have to know that it's you're, you're serious. That you believe it. You know what I mean? If you don't believe it, if you're a hypocrite, the kids could smell it. They smell it. Plus, if they don't enjoy themselves, you have to make sure. Today, it's all marketing. It's not just celebrating Shabbat at home. It's also making Shabbat a fun. Mm. <laughs> it's a very hard thing. You've got to make Judaism fun. Otherwise, you know what? Jews don't care if it's not fun. We want fun. People today want fun. It's got to be a fun experience. Judaism has got to be a fun experience. It's got to be a happy experience. It's got to be a, a satisfying experience. Otherwise, people come, oh, it's very boring and tedious. I don't want to be around a Sabbath table. Why should I be there? I'd rather see watch TV. I'd rather go to a game. Right? It's going to be fun. So how do you make Shabbat fun? And the answer is if you're not singing on Shabbat, if you don't make it a happy atmosphere, people fighting at the table, there's no Dvar Torah, all these things, how are the kids going to be keep it up? How are the kids keep it up? Why, why should they keep it up? So that's number three. Number three is raising children. So by not admonishing them, by not raising them the right way, so a person tried his best. Obviously he's not, he's not responsible. But a person didn't try his best. Didn't know. Well, if he didn't know, he's not, he's not responsible again. So obviously there's many cop-outs of these things. This is just general board headlines. That the father saw his son doing the wrong things never told him a word. He could have opened his mouth. He could have said something. So now look at, look at the people who includes. Including the sin, all those who have the potential to rebuke others. And you don't. So the question is now, when do you rebuke when you don't rebuke? If they're going to listen to you, if, you, if, if, if a person knows they're going to listen to me, I'll tell them off. Well, no, they're not going to listen to me. 
It's by telling them, I'm going to cause them to sin on purpose. Mezid. So Shogig becomes Mezid, worse for them. So as a person, you've got to know when to tell people, when not to tell people. It's a hard job. It's a very hard job. So you can tell people, by the way, you can tell people so they don't feel it's directed to them directly. That's the best way to tell people. In general, you give them halakhot Shabbat. In general, people hear. Those who want to hear will hear. Those who don't want to hear, don't, don't want to hear. You can talk about Teshuvah. Those who want to hear will hear. Those who don't, don't, don't can talk about it. Put it on the internet. Whoever, whoever listens to it, listens to it. You try your best. But it's really up to them to eat. You, you give food. The mother gives food to the child. The child says, don't like it. <laughs> you try. Okay. What do you like? So if it's a good mother, what do you like? Which part of the Torah do you like? You like uh, Musa, you like ethics, you like science, you like this. You have to make the Torah like a banquet. That's why he calls it Shulchan Aruch. Aruch, Aruch. It's a lay table, so pick. You want Hilchot Shabbat, you got Hilchot Shabbat. You, got Hilchot, you want to do the laws of waking up in the morning, you got the laws of waking up in the morning. You want the laws of civil laws, you got the laws of like a table. Pick. You like Kabbalah. Kabbalah. You like Kabbalah? It's not under Shulchan Aruch, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the right. it's, right. it's under the table. It's under the table. But first, you got to fill your stomach with meat and wine. Basar Viyayin. That's Halacha. Kemana, Halacha, Mishnah. Homage. A person can live in the clouds, but they don't know the basics. Can you imagine a person learning astrophysics, but they don't even know laws of physics? So I can learn astrophysics, I have physics. Everything's based on it, one or the other. Okay, so number, th- so number three, we said a person seeing their children growing up and not telling them off. Or anyone, if you have, a ch- if you have the option to rebuke, and you don't rebuke, you don't tell them anything. A person, and included in this, the Ramam says, a person says, I will I will sin and I will repent. I will sin and I will repent. It's very strange to include it together with one's child. It's a very interesting concept. Why would he include it with one's child? Anyway, so there's a famous story which we say in the Haftarah. One of the Haftarot, it's Zechariah. The prophet sees Yahushua Kohen Gadol. Yahushua is one of the last Kohen Gadols in the first temple. And he sees Yahushua Kohen Gadol is dressed in dirty garments. Why is he dressed in dirty garments? So he, he's very worried. He sees the high priest dressed in dirty garments. Oh, so he worried. So the Gemara in Sanhedrin says in, in uh, Sanhedrin, in Sadi Gimel uh, Amud Aleph, Sadi Gimel Amud Aleph, the Gemara says that Yeshua Kohen Gadol had children who were marrying out from the priesthood. In other words, they were marrying women who they were not allowed to marry. Kohen's not allowed to marry. A divorcee. Uh, so he didn't say anything. Gerushah. right. So he didn't rebuke them, and that's why his clothes were black. Dirty, dirty clothes. So we see over there that a person is punished for even what? Not rebuking his children. So that's the case over here. But the question is, why is a person who does it, who says, I'll sin and not repent, or I'll sin and I will repent, why is that in the same category? So the answer is because the sin is now for the sake of repentance. I'll sin and I'll repent. I'm doing the sin so I can repent. The cart before the horse. The best thing is, don't do the sin and don't repent. I'm, not, I'm doing the sin because I want to repent. What do you mean doing the sin? And some people say that was the sin of Adam. Adam Rishon said, I'll sin so now I can repent. I'll be a Baltish who was greater than a Tzadikamu. I'll taste the sin, I'll come back to God. Great, good job. Good luck. Not really. So he knew that he was fine. This guy that was an excuse. He follows his wife. That's an excuse. But a man follows his wife, that's an excuse. If he wants to make an excuse, he can make an excuse. He can say otherwise. He can say, My wife should listen to me. What do you mean I follow my wife? 
Your wife is uh, evil, you've got to change her. Like Ahab followed his wife, married Isabel. Why do you have to marry in the first place? So obviously he wanted to. He wanted to marry. Man's going to choose his wife. He's going to pick his wife. Yeah, but clearly if Hashem didn't want it to, to, for them to be married... So you could say that about everything. Why? You can say the man has no free choice. Everything is determined. That's the Arab, that's the so Arab why thing. did they say... Everything oh. is ordained by God. I killed the guy, but really Hashem wanted to kill him. It's not me. That's, that was the excuse of the, of the Egyptians. The Egyptians said, look, Hashem predicted to Abraham Avinu, they're going to be 400 years in a strange land, and they're going to afflict them. So we afflicted them. What more do you want? Hashem, we fulfilled your... You said they're going to be afflicted, so we afflicted them. You know what Hashem says? didn't have to be you. It didn't have to be you. You chose to afflict them. So it's your free choice. So Hashem wants certain things to happen. Because who says you have to be the one to do it? The Gemara says you should try your best not to be the one to hit someone. Even though the guy's Chayab Malkut. Who says you have to be the Malkut? You have to give them the lashes. The guy's liable lashes. Who gives the lashes? Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin, who they get? They get a higher guy. The Shamash. The Shamash of the Sanhedrin gives the lashes. Who says you have to be the Shamash of the Sanhedrin? Why do you have to be the one? Then Hashem finds someone else. Hashem wants to give the guy lashes. Who says it's going to be you? It doesn't have to be you. So the thing is to try and avoid these situations where you have to be, and that's exactly what Hadgadiyah is all about. Hadgadiyah is, Hashem killed the Shochet. And he killed the Malachamah, killed the Shochet. Why? Even though it may be the right thing to do, who says you have to do it? It's your free choice. Okay. So we need Shochetim. Who says you have to be the Shochet? It's not a good job. It's better to be a doctor and heal someone than be a Kavokian and kill someone. Why do you have to be? The guy wants to kill himself. Why? You have to be the helper. Help him do Abera. So that's the person who says, I will sin and then repent. Including this, is a person who says, I will sin and Yom Kippur will atone for me. Ay, ay, ay. So some people, they love Yom Kippur. You know why? Do my sins and Yom Kippur will come. I'll be clean. That's not the way it works, unfortunately. Even if someone is uh, sick and he asks him to be healed, so you must yeah. be the doctor. No, you can't be the, the doctor. Can. Yeah. Um, you have all kinds of all kinds of isurim in the Torah regarding that. So keep away. In Belgium, it's crazy to how Belgium, Holland, free, how how free it is for uh, now. Then in the, the West Coast, also. where in uh, where the West Coast, Oregon. Isn't that Oregon? Oh, yeah. oh, these laws. Crazy. So, it's coming here. No. Coming to a hospital near you. It's called an exit center. Where you exit this world. Okay, Barbina, listen. We don't want to hear of suffering. We don't want to hear this. Uh, so, give them painkillers. What can I tell you? Morphine. That also kills, but not uh, directly. Barmina, we should never know, but you have first got to know. It's better to get kapara in this world than in the next world. Barmina, it's better for a person to suffer in this world, from the frying pan to the fire. People think, you know, I'll get out of this world, get out of the suffering. Eh? What do you think? What's waiting on you on the other side? People commit suicide. They think they're going to avoid the suffering. It's much worse. We don't bury suicides in the Jewish cemetery. You know why? Because they're screams. They're going to keep everyone awake. <laughs> for they're going through it. The other side, like, unless they were crazy. It's literally because they scream? Not literally scream, I mean spiritually scream. You understand? Know you want to disturb the dead over there? Sadiqi, where they bury, where they get a suicide over there screaming and go, hey, help, help, get me out of here. Rabbi Menachem Edra said that someone was about to they put the microphone and camera on the grave and they really hear noises there and stuff. 
Yeah, they hear the groundhogs. You know, we hear they hear the groundhogs. The groundhogs and the rodents and the... Um, and the insects and the worms. It's not very pleasant to think about it. We don't think about it. We don't think about it. We don't, we're not morbid. We don't think about these things. But the fact is, that's what's going to happen. That's why it's better to go to a, a Beit uh, Avel than go to a, f- a wedding. It's better to go to a, a house of mourning than to go to a wedding. Because the wedding is... is a, a laugh. Life is a joke. It's not a joke at all. Life is very serious. This is an examination over here. We have an exam. Is it a good exam? Well, if we're here, you're going doing well. <laughs> Whoever's here is doing very well in the exam. Whoever's not here, hopefully they're in better places. Hopefully. That's right. So that's what it says. These are the first criteria, the 24. Three levels. Number one, a person who causes the masses to sin. Very hard to do, Chuva. Number two, a person who's a missionary who causes other people to sin. Pulls them to the wrong side, pulls them to idolatry, pulls them to Christianity. Terrible. He can't do tshuva for other people. He's caused other people to sin. Number three is a person who raises his children wrong. How can you bring them back? You've got to go bring them back. Why does he raise them wrong? You send them, the person sends them to the wrong school. They learn the wrong things. It's terrible. It's very important to be very alert with one's children. Even if you send them to yeshiva, sometimes they get turned off at yeshiva. Some yeshiva are good at turning people off. But it also depends on the kid. Some kids can't sit down. So you force them to go to a place where they can't sit and they get in trouble and they hate it because they get in trouble over there. What about if you warn them and they want to make that decision to move forward with it? Well, you warn them and then it's so, okay. So it depends. Depends how you raise them. I'm just warning. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.